Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Digestive well-being with neutralized ultra-strength turmeric from $31.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. Yes, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday. Happy, happy Thursday, the 13th of October. It's just after 6 o'clock. It's actual 6 o'clock. We're a little bit early here, but that's okay. We want to get ripping into it. Hey, big day ahead. I'm going to say good morning to the team up there in Auckland. You got Louie, you got Joe, you got Neeps, you got Aroha. And the camouflaged Tony Kemp. Morena to you, Kempi. Oh, morena, brother. Morena. And they all jump straight. It's love and war comes across. Pungal Pungal takes off and wins <laughs> easy, son. Four lengths. You must be happy. Eh? What about that smile on your face oh. this morning? How big is it? Oh, it's crazy, Kempi. <laughs> it's crazy what the game does here. Yeah. Um, obviously... Wow, disrupted day yesterday at Warwick Farms. Uh, if you got on early, you will be happy. Obviously, a lot of scratching, so um, obviously a diluted field with only five runners. 
But uh, Pungal was just a uh, class above, got out the front, and Hugh Bowman just, just got him home. Yes, Gimpy, I'm, I'm absolutely fizzing. And, it, was, uh, it was easy peasy. Thank you very much for that collect. Pungal, <laughs> mate, some happy boys there. You've know, you got, you got Bodie, you've got Baz, you've got all the boys from Very Elegant. Man, there'd be, there'd be a happy <laughs> bunch of guys rolling around with that horse going, where's it going next? Tell us, come on, yeah. where's it going next? <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the boys are happy, and obviously uh, the wives all of a sudden are happy too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting wound up because on the ownership papers, it's only IDAG. And she's like, um, where's I-D-T-N-A-DAG? Um, you know? Because... <laughs> It's a funny story, actually. We, uh, you know, we put we put some money aside for the kids and and everything, and I got this opportunity to buy this horse. So I was like, ah, oh, sweet, I'll just take their money. So I used their money <laughs> for this horse. <laughs> so the kids uh, should have uh, a little bit of an ownership, but hey, what's mine is theirs. Uh, but very happy crew, Kempi. Very, very happy. Um, obviously, you know, like I said, diluted. Don't want to get overconfident, but the way he did it, didn't even touch him. He just got in a good stride. And I guess when you're on a heavy eight, you're a bit, little bit nervous when he's going to get through the ground. He got through really well. So, uh, uh, really happy. What's he going to do next? Um, yeah, the 29th of October, going to head to Derby Day. And the Carbine Stakes three year olds uh, wait for age kind of. Um, a race over there, and I've never been Derby Day, but it's obviously a huge day. So yeah, we're we're gonna head over and and go to Melbourne. And oh, that's 29th oh, dollar, then. dollar, doesn't muck around. Straight <laughs> to Group Racing. Let's go. Group Group Three, isn't it? Carbine on the Saturday, yeah. Derby Day, mate. Go the Derby yeah, Day. Yeah, it's a Group you gotta, Three. You got to go, man. It's a. It's honestly like I was telling you last night. It is. I've always said it. The best sporting event that I have ever been to is the mm. week in Melbourne. So I mean the whole week, not just not just Derby Day, Cup Day, and uh, just the whole experience. Melbourne shuts down for the whole day, mate. You'd be you'd be amazed at what happens over there on 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 Cup Day, Derby Day, um, and to have a mm. horse running in it, that's something special. Yeah, look, it's um, I don't know, like cause that was the original plan anyway. Where there's a full field, whether he's going to do it with five horses, look. Um, yeah, you, you got to stay relaxed. But yeah, that's what I got an email last night. That's still part of the original plan, and then I think that'll be his preparation um, for this this time, and then come back in autumn and and attack some races around then. So yeah, twenty ninth of October, all things going to plan. We head over and and, and rip into it, lads. But uh, hope you got on. Let us know double eight double three. And a quick shout out to the TAB. A lot of our owners actually punted on other um, agencies. And obviously they got pumped with the deductions. Only the ones that stayed true pumped, uh, punted here. And uh, I'd like to really compliment the TAB with what they're doing with no deductions. Doing a fantastic job. It is hard too because when you have a lot of horses scratching, get scratched, you know, the divvies just come right in. But if you get on early, they're staying true. And if you got on early with Pungal, you would have got them at $4.80, 5 bucks, and, and good odds. And uh, obviously he won and paid $1.50, so... There's a four and a half, you know, return on your money there. So, yeah, well done to the TAB, Paulie Mwari, Louis. Like, they just... It's a great point. And, and Michael Guerin, who, Mick, Mick, who has um, been, well, he's been very honest with his relationship with the TAB throughout the years, but he said it the morning that this happened, he said, if you're not punting with tab.co.nz right now, 
you are an idiot. <laughs> because, yep. because there's no bookmaker in the world that can match this promotion. Like literally over the time, over the amount of time that you will bet, there is no better promotion than no deductions because you will always get stung. You will always get stung, and no other bookmaker can do this. No corporate in Australia could ever offer this. And for this reason, they would have taken a bath yesterday because mm. in the um, Blue Sapphire, where Satono Aladdin had its side, its first stakes winner. Congratulations, Johnny T and and Rich Hillstud, but um, Grand Impact. Economics came out at a dollar at two dollars as well. They would have taken a bath yesterday, I think. I would say on no deductions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I had grand impact in, in a multi, but obviously got rivet again. Uh, surprise, surprise! And my uh, one of my horses came third. I obviously had it for first, um, but yeah, no deductions. I got that at five fifty and at one and paid two fifty. So look, they are doing a great job, and it's and it's um it wouldn't be easy for the TAB, like you said. You're going to get a lot of um, scratchings and, and a lot of movement in the, in the field at the moment, and but they're staying true and staying staying strong. So, yeah, really quick shout-out to the TAB with what they're doing, encouraging and enticing punters to really stay true for the last couple of years. They haven't done anything like this, and uh, it feels like they, they're just giving back and, and doing what's right for the punters. So really appreciate Big show, lads. Big show today. Last couple of weeks, we've been talking about concussions. And the long-term impacts. Chris Nowinski, a former WWE wrestler, now founder of Concussion CF, uh, will join our show just after 7 o'clock to talk us through his findings. So really looking forward to understanding a wee bit more of, on his uh, research and uh, just diving a little bit deeper into it. So that's a, that's a great get from you, Louis. Appreciate that. Um, he's a former yeah, wrestler too, so no doubt he would have had a few head knocks in his time. And then following that, Canterbury take on Bay of Plenty this weekend in Tahi Christchurch, and it's been an added bonus for this player as he was announced in the squad for the All Blacks 15. Oli Jaeger. Oli Jaeger. He's signed off for a few years. The Irishman is doing his, applying his trade here down under. Um, he'll join the show at about 7.40ish. And George Bridge, What's happening in his future? Well, you'll know tomorrow because Kempe's having a chat with him tomorrow uh, tomorrow morning. So uh, looking forward to getting an understanding of what he's up to. And uh, But before then, Oli Jaeger. And then, yes, boys, Thursday, you know what that means? More than an athlete. More than an athlete. Today we'll chat to Luca Jones, New Zealand slalom canoeist, about her life out of the water. And she lives the life of being plant-based. So I'm really um, looking forward to having a chat to this. I know a few of the players um, are plant-based. TJ Perinara, he doesn't eat meat and uh, and, and things like that. Um, but Owen Franks, all he does is eat meat. So I really want to know and finally understand the balance of why she has gone down this this journey and, and the impact it has on her sport and, and you know, the big questions, energy, is it sufficient, is it enough, you know, how do you make sure you're putting all the right fuels in your body and, uh, yeah, looking forward to having a chat to her. Uh, remember, remember, Ego, giving you the chance to win a line trimmer. All you got to do is call Kenatai phone line 0800 150 on the Temper Bedpost text machine, and uh, you can go in the draw to win. Call of the week. We're only two days away from the end of the week, and well, where are we looking, lads? Probably Nick, isn't it? 
Oh, 100%. It's 100%. Nick from Dunners who came through with a big compliment. It's um, it's easy so far. Actually, as you've got a little yeah. bit of a, an update to the rundown. Um, yep. At 8.40, I've got another guest for you. Oh, okay. Who you got? Hugh Bowman. He got Huey on? Yeah. So I flicked Hugh a text last night because Hugh had a winner on – he rode sharp and smart, Rogie's three-year-old, to the gloaming mm. stakes as well. So he's got Kiwi connections and he's riding lost and running this weekend, the Canto in the Everest. And I said, oh, there's this bloke, is he dag, who's in that horse, Pango? Or do you want to have a chat? And he was like, yeah, I heard Baz McCullum's in it as well. He said, pretty cool. Give me a call then. So we'll, we'll, find, oh, out from Hugh, we'll find out from Huey how fast he is, eh? <laughs> yeah, look, you have a, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You surprised me with that one. Cool. Looking forward to having a chat to Huey Bowman. And if you heard Chris Waller's comments posted, it was quite funny. He was having a little dig at us. Um, one of the commentators was talking, I think his name Tommy Hitt. What's his Tommy? Yeah, I can't remember his last name. Um, was co- talking to him and he said, oh, so you got a few you know, high-profile uh, owners in the group, a few f- sports stars, cricket, rugby, uh, acting. And, and then Chris Waller was like, yeah, yeah, a few you know, uh, sports stars. They you know, got a high regard. They got high opinions and probably a few co-trainers too. So uh, it's going to be a good journey. And <laughs> a little had a little dig at us. I was like, Chrissy Waller coming off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Let's get him ripping on. Ripping us out. Let's get, let's get Dollar Dollar on, mate, and get him to tell us the truth about you you co-trainers. He can spot them from a mile away, eh, Kippy? He can spot them from a mile it's not, it's not Chris Waller's first winner. He <laughs> he knows who he's got. One bit of advice: don't tell Dollar Dollar what to do. Please, please. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. But old Kurt up in Auckland can't say, "Hey, we're coming over to Derby Day if it wins." Blah blah. And I'm like, "Hey, just stop messaging him. He's getting sick of us." <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, he's like, on, I got an enthusiastic bunch. Enthusiastic <laughs> bunch over there in, uh, in New Zealand. And yeah, it was quite. It was quite witty from him. Loved it. Yeah, he keep you on your toes. Actually, um, Adam came through. Jay Richards' first winner in Hong Kong last night. It was. Boys, this was a Wednesday, but just a couple of notes from the racing yesterday. Well, obviously, Pungwall got us off to a flyer. I mentioned Sharp and Smart. So Sharp and Smart's won the the Group 3 gloaming with Huey Bowman on, and that goes to the Spring Champion Stakes, the Group 1 next weekend, then off to the Derby. Uh, Satono and Ladin, the Kiwi sire down at Rich Hill Stud the, for Johnny Thompson and the crew, um, side Grand Impact. Now, the the group one, well, she's lickety split. You know, we spoke about it all mm. yesterday. The rain mm. came, unfortunately, for um, Nick and Andrew and the team with she's lickety split. But she ran on an incredible third, a group one third, and then who won the group one? Well, classic. Chris Waller and J-Mac. How did we let J-Mac and Chris Waller and Madame Pomeroy go around with the Australian form at $9? Look, I just assumed... That was his best bet, bro, too, apparently. Wow. I had someone tip me at the golf course, Madame Pomeroy will win. I was like, whatever, she's luckily split. Bang, nine bucks. And and you're right, because J-Mac said, oh, wow, Chris was quietly confident. He said, give her Mm. the right steer. And I guess the thing that tripped me up as I was like, well, I don't think she's been handling these wet tracks that well up in Sydney. Well, no, she hadn't. But the Sydney wet tracks are bottomless. And as J-Mac said, the Caulfield wet track, it's not a tired wet track. 
And we know all about this because we're here, Kempi, where our tracks are munted. But over there, they Caulfield hadn't been rooted over and over again, so she actually skipped through it okay. And then, James, all of these other jockeys fanning wide on the bend, and he just said, uh, he was cracking up. He was like, well, I knew they were going to push it too far at one stage. So he's cut the corner on them, and then he's won by <laughs> two lengths, and he's just like cracking up on the line. Have, is there an athlete that's more ahead of the field at the moment in the world sport, Kimpy? No, nah, there isn't. And look, I, I just hope, you know, one of the things that we can get across the line over and, and Bull Sharrick can get this done is get high-performance New Zealand to recognise people like J-Mac, the jockeys, as, as elite sportsmen. Like, he is so far ahead of people. You know what I mean? When I when you sent that text through last night, I was the same. I was like, "How come we didn't we didn't see that at at ten bucks?" Um, but J Mac, Chris Waller, you know J Mac and Sheik Hal McToom, you know with all those with all those champions that he's got, he's the best he's the best jockey in the world by country mile, well, and got, we're not yeah. even and we're not even recognising him in this country. Oh, as an as an elite sports class, sixty one group ones was I was Se- I reading seventy one. Seventy one group ones, seventy one group ones, Mate, and he looks like a spring chicken, or it's still Huey Huey Bowman has got. Uh, well, he is because he's thirty. <laughs> he's, yeah, I like know. He's, he's he's like three years 71. older than me, and he's got seventy one group ones. He started when he was sixteen, you know, like he was carving it up here. Um, now I I saw a a list just the other day of. Uh, the Group One totals uh, around the world. So, op- so J Max on seventy one, that has him in fourth spot behind Jimmy Cassidy on one hundred and four, Shane Die on ninety four, and Opie Boston on eighty seven. Respectfully to those lads, J Max is going to go sh- straight on by them so fast. In Australia, Damien Oliver, who is considered the goat, you know that's the nickname, one hundred and twenty seven Group Ones. So he, he's only, he goes past that too. He goes past that hands and heels. Mm. Uh, we've got Huey Bowman, who's on, I think, about 110 or 115, something like that. But these guys are 40-something. Jamek's 30. Mm. I know. No, he, he can, it's, he it's can ride for another 10, 15 years easy if he, wa- if he wants to. He can also retire in another five years. If he wants to. We could go to Hong Kong, ride for one year, make a gazillion dollars and knock off. Yeah, yeah he's in a good he's a good a good dude too, um, J Matt. You know, he's a good good kid. He's got his head screwed on the right way. He doesn't forget where he where he comes from. I I honestly hope that we recognise yep. him at some stage, you know, and we should really um What's be ha- helping helping that happen by promoting it more. You know. Um how they don't promote J Mac in this country, we're missing out. We're missing out brand wise for New Zealand on not promoting J Mac or Chris Wall. Hundred percent, hundred percent, Kempi, and I'm hoping that too. He's got a, like, so he's got obviously Nature Strip and the Everest. So that's a, oh, wow, mate. Wide draws only going to stop that thing, but it's going to win that. It's brain them, and then you got the Caulfield. What's that? What's he on in the Caulfield? No, same day. So he's not in the. So that's. So he's not going to Caulfield Cup Day. He's up in Sydney this weekend. Oh, so, so, oh okay. But in the yep. Melbourne Cup, he's got Loft the import, which is the favourite. So he's got the favourite in the Melbourne Cup. He's got the favourite in the Everest. He 
Now, it's an interesting one because I used to beat this drum a lot, especially with Chris Waller, how Chris Waller isn't considered a coach and couldn't go on the coach of the year candidate when he was coaching wink, uh, training Winks because, like, training is our you, – you, you mean both? No, you, it's it's so similar. It's the same thing. You're coaching a horse. Oh. You're coaching an athlete. It's just don't overthink yeah. it. You're coaching an athlete. And people used to laugh at me. And it was good to see J-Mac get nominated for the Halberg Sportsman of the Year last year. So he was in the – he was in the group, the finalists. But the problem is with these voting panels is racing has got become... they got no idea. Well, and, and Did ra- anyone say, who's J-Mac? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guarantee yeah. you. I guarantee you all of, that, all of that panel, that voting panel, have no idea who J-Mac is. And it comes back to our country's mentality about racing, Kimpy. It actually comes back to a wider issue about where racing's got to as far as... It's, yeah. it's been a bit siloed in New Zealand where it's disenfranchised from what we consider a sport. But I am so, so, so happy, Izzy, that you in particular, because I know Kempi's had a lifetime in it already from where he's from, but I am yes. so happy. <laughs> Without a choice. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, ever since that first bet on. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy Steely for Dan. Steely Dan. I'm so happy for you, Izzy, that as a 66 test All Black, you have been introduced to this world by Baz and Kurt and, and myself and the yeah. show on ECNZ, and now you are seeing the similarities from elite sport to elite racing and how it also is intertwined because you are the ambassador and you people like you are the ambassadors the sport needs because it is so relatable isn't it it is it is for sure you can there's so so many similarities from it and you did right that these horses they can't talk to you so it's even more special when you see these trainers being able to unlock these these horses and and, and turn them into these phenomenal creatures that just fly around these racetracks in horrible conditions and good conditions and do what they do and show some heart and ticker and fight, you know, and only the good ones, the special ones have that. Mate, there's so many and uh look I'm 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 enjoying this ride. Look, my my bank account hasn't been because uh, the punting's been <laughs> it's been tough because I keep getting rivered. But mate, that's what it's all about. You give and you take and uh I I'm just enjoying this ride. Yeah, one 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 bit of one bit of advice, having been in it for over thirty years, is control the control the punting. That's the that's oh, the yeah. that's the dangerous part of this. So you know, gamble responsibly. But I'll tell you yep. one thing: is you'll go to the Cup Day on Melbourne Cup, and when they jump out of the gates on Melbourne Cup Day, you you will get goosebumps on the way that crowd reacts when those horses run down that straight for the first time and you'll wonder how the hell do they finish the race. They're jumping around <laughs> everywhere the horses are. There's so much noise. It's the best feeling ever watching them run past the first time and knowing that they're coming back up that straight again um, to try and get a winner. So, mate, I'm a little bit envious that you're heading over there. I'm thinking oh. it's time. I've been to a few of them. It's time to well, go back. Well, do you know the the level? He's he's going to be. Hutchie, a, can't we get a show over there? Well, can we do it, our breakfast show there? Is he's going to be an owner on Derby Day potentially? Like you, you wait, you come back and tell us the experience. Flemington, the Victoria Racing Club, one of the best racing clubs in the world. You will be treated like royalty, and you like an owner on Derby Day. That you don't. This is your first horse. I am so jealous. I actually hate you, but can't wait. <laughs> question of the day. <laughs> Oh, Louie. <laughs> mate, it is a dream, mate. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Here we are. Here we are hack- we're hacking around. We're hacking around the rural blocks, and you've you got one race at Warren Farm, and you're going to, you're going to die Derby Day. Well, it wasn't my plan. He comes through with the email, and I was like, oh, okay. Absolutely. Sweet as 
we'll come. We'll be over. That's <laughs> an ass. Uh, but it's good. It's so fun. Some blokes have all the luck, eh? <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. And, you know, congratulations to Daisy Dag as well. Um, <laughs> the half owner. She's not on the ownership. She's the not on the ownership. <laughs> it's only I, Dag. I, Israel. There's no I in team, mate. Me, myself, and I. <laughs> you wish. Right. Um, look, we've been talking about it, so I'm just going to roll it through. Can't wait, question of the day. And, and seriously, this is the perfect week to do it. This weekend, the Everest. Now, talk about cash. Steve Hansen, wow, we nature strip. He's going to go back to back in the Everest more than likely. Okay? And it's a $15 million race or close enough. So, this, the Everest has changed the landscape of racing. It seriously has because of the prize money and what it's done. It's honestly made Caulfield Cup, which was a pillar of the spring carnival, an afterthought. And I'm serious. This weekend, the Caulfield Cup is an afterthought to the Everest. For me and for a lot of racing people, it's completely shaken up the calendar. It raises some really interesting questions about what you value. So put yourself in Izzy's shoes or if you own a horse, which so many of you do that listen to SENZ. Here's my can't wait question of the day. One race you can win anywhere in the world as an owner. What is it? Is it still the traditionals or are you chasing the cash? Is it offshore? Is it in New Zealand at your home track? Or is it the glitz and the glam? What is it? One horse. Oh, one horse race to win as an owner. What would it be? 23 minutes past six. Here's Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. 28 minutes past six o'clock this morning. Hey, the racing calendar has been shaken up of late by uh, money, really. And the Everest this weekend goes head-to-head with the Caulfield Cup, and I say it's winning the battle. What race, if you're a racehorse owner or if you are an owner, do you want to win more than any other? John Ho, good to have you in, says Cox Plate, Louis, or another Karaka Million. You've had plenty of those, John Ho. Huge thrill. Uh, of course it is. What a night it is as well. I agree. For me, it's the Cox Plate, the other races I idolised growing up. The races that really kick-started my career in racing and what really sent me over the edge with Winks, winning four of them. And for me, that is the pinnacle at this point. Kempi? Yeah, look, I, I love the Melbourne Cup, um, but on the same, Cox Plate. Cox Plate's the one for me. If I ever can produce one that can get to that level and go to that race, mate, that'd be probably a dream come true. So... Um, I know there's a number of big races around the world that I've seen and, and the Everest a new cab off the rank and great to have that $15 million race running but still doesn't, you know, I guess have the history of the Cox Plate. Mm. I think that's the way you look at it, eh, Kempe? The history behind all these fantastic races. Like Everest is obviously good but it's huge money and, you, and money can't, um, you know, change your, your way of focusing and, in approach so for me boys I don't know you can't it's hard to go past the Cox Plate but it's hard to go past the Melbourne Cup too mm-hmm. you know just seeing seeing what it did to uh, the very elegant crew uh, had a couple of photos coming through and just seeing their smiles and you always talk to them and they're like mate the Melbourne Cup to ever have a chance to even win one that will have to be it so yeah I'd say the Melbourne Cup lads <laughs> that will be the, the pinnacle wouldn't it Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you've got the Kentucky Derby. You've got the Ark, which we just saw. Now, mm. th- so like, it depends what what you want. Japan Cup. The twelve Horlicks. Oh my oh. God, that that is a memory. Yep. Um, you know, like there are there are different variations of it because the Melbourne Cup isn't the best horse race anymore. 
but it's got so much attached to it. Whereas if you want to go to Europe or into to Japan and take on the world's best racehorses, that probably offers something different. Well, what about a winner at Royal Ascot? Oh, of course. Yep. Like, I guess if you've got one of the best in the world, then you get a chance to go to all those those countries and and run and win them. So, um, yeah, look, one step at a time, you know, get the liver mile on Saturday, Cinerama, then maybe the Cox Plate next year. Tarzino Cross. Yes. <laughs> Cinerama, yes, Tarzino Cross. Just on that, my brother-in-law's, um, father-in-law's Graham DeGrucci, he actually uh, owned in, uh, Horlicks. And uh, seen Horlicks' graveside there in uh, Hastings. What a horse, what a win. Japan Cup. Mm. Mate. Yeah, mate. good. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, right, so what's the year? 2022, the 2023. So it's a yearling, 2024, 25, 2026. 2027 Cox Plate winner, Tarzino out of Cinerama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'll go, we'll play that back. Grab that joke, because we'll play that back twenty <laughs> Stop making me 28 laugh. away from seven. Uh, we'll get some sports headlines after this. A massive win by the Silver Ferns last night to kick off the Constellation Cup. Is that Cup. your sister that's saying this? Morena boys, Israel, you know why I'm texting. I'm up early today. They won by eight. Yes, they, what a win. Yeah. What a win. Yeah. That's your yeah, sister, what a win. eh? Yeah, <laughs> give him a plug. Up. Come on, give him a plug. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come back and I'll plug the the silver ferns out. What a win! What a win! What a win! What a team! All right, here's other health news for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Twenty-six minutes away from seven o'clock. It's a busy Thursday. Izzy's off for his pro golf debut tomorrow, so it's fun Friday for him. Uh, Rick Dog and Kempi holding down the fort tomorrow morning. Right now in the Champions League, Napoli's up two 0 over Ajax at halftime. Atletico and Club Brugge are tied at zip. Rangers, Liverpool, Tottenham, Frankfurt, Barca, Inter. Victoria Pison and Bayern at 8am this morning. So we'll keep our eye across that. Now, uh, we had a text from Adam early doors. Very sharp, Adam, from you. He's only taken three, I think, three race meets, and he's off the mark. Diamond Saws trying to kick, but Handsome Rebel has taken over here for Victor Wong. Handsome Rebel in front. Here's the first win for Jamie Richards. Kiwis can't fly, but I tell you what, this one will in Hong Kong, and too strong of the line. Of course he will. He's a freak. There's no one as studious as Jamie, and this is what he said afterwards. Been a long road getting to getting to here, but... Um... Uh, we sort of tried to set it up last week so that we had some good chances and we managed to finish second and then didn't have a lot, lot of sort of luck on uh, on Sunday. Uh, but good to good to get the uh, birdie off the back here today and get get the winner. So um, yeah, there's a lot of people to thank and they know who they are. So uh, yeah, very very special moment. Yeah, really, really cool. Get uh, the monkey off the bat. Get into it, Jamie. First of many, boys. We'll talk about him for a decade mm. to come. It's great to see Danielle. Bouncing around over there as well, bubbly as ever, enjoying it, smacking the champagne, no doubt, DJ. Uh, so they're, they're <laughs> absolutely flying and uh, really excited to watch their career progress. And at Spark Arena last night, where we had the call on SCNZ, 56-48. Grace in the wiki 
Speak mm. about prodigious talents. 40 or 42, talk about age. She's barely scratched the surface of what her career might look like. They put away Australia 56-48, and it was Dame Nolene Toro's 50th test in charge. And, look, they only have to win one more now, and it comes mm. home. That's it. The Constellation Cup. Yeah, it, they were classy last night, and my, my sister's uh, sent that message to her. She rang me constantly, and she's like, are you watching netball? And I was like, no, I'm not having dinner. And then she's like, go and put it on. So I had to go put it on and, and watch the game, mate. It was a classy, classy performance. There was obviously some class. Well, for Grace in the weekend there, you've just got to get your delivery into the circle right with her height. You throw the ball in there, you lob it up, and she just dominates the circle. So she was classy. Ekinasio, great to see her back in the black dress. Um, 16 from 19, just adding that little uh, partnership together. Um, Peter Toyava, that was probably her most clinical performance in the in the dress as well. She was classy. She's had the the game for the last couple or last year or so, but she hasn't taken that into the into the silver fern. So it was great to see her um, transition into that. And mate. I was actually surprised we, we dominated them by eight goals. That's usually a lot closer, but that first quarter, 11 and no run to, to get off to a good 11 start. 11 and just really 11 and no run to plant the foundations for them to go, go and do what they did. So Australia just got suffocated from the outset and um, dominated. Dame Nolene's 50th test in charge, lad, so congratulations to her as well. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's my uh, Gee whiz, that's a, ne- how that's a nipple disc. How good was that, Max? <laughs> that, was a really, that was a really good cross from Izzy Dag talking about netball. That was hey, awesome. Move over, Karen Bingham. Sorry, Karen who? <laughs> and the men's, we've got to give the men's a shout-out too. I think they went down in their first yeah. one. I watched the first half. Uh, they were slick. They looked really slick. I'm surprised that they actually went down. I think they went down by by a few goals to Australia in their, in their Constellation Cup too. But good to see the men out there, um, Chris Tangata mm. and the boys, um, throwing it around. And they got a really good goal shoot too. He's a, he's, a, he's just like Grace Nowicki. They lob it into him. They can't get it off him. But the guy that's like a million feet tall. Oh, he just, mate, he did a slam dunk last night when, when I was watching. <laughs> he, he jumped in. You know how they catch it? It's called stepping, yeah. I guess. But he hopped in and then he just put up and put, pushed it in. I was like, ooh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good though. No, I was, I was like surprised actually with, with Australia, um, how they come over here. Like they usually really, really classy. And Jamie Lee Price, who was actually Steve Price's daughter, was playing in, in the Australian team too. She was interviewed posted, and she obviously had a little bit of confidence. But um, yeah, it was it was a good start for Nolene and and the ladies. So well done, well done, Sul Ferns, dominating. Awesome. 21 away from seven. Hong Kong mile would be awesome to win, says somebody. Yeah, 100% it would, would pay a bit too. As much as I love living in New Zealand, I would love to win the Antri Grand National. I love flat racing, but I've always had a soft spot for the fences. Have a great day, Steve-O, who also says, what a job done by Pango and J-Mate. Did you see his ride on the 1,000 guineas? I was watching the group of horses running down the middle of the track, and out of nowhere pops the master down the inside of the rail, coming for a win. I will take it from there. Wow, yeah, Steve-O, you're right. It just... I'm serious. Maybe Max Verstappen, except Max Verstappen, that's quite car dependent. But like, is there an is individual athlete that's as far ahead of the pack at the moment in world sport? He's just so much better. Well, unlike Max Verstappen, he doesn't jump in the same car every week. 
He's got to get he's got to get a different car going every every time he hops on it. Yeah. So yeah. That and that's the part of the feel. That's why Opie's so good. You know, Opie hops on it and he's talking to the horses and he's getting them going and you're just watching the rhythm and the way that he's riding. Well, J Mac, he's obviously as good as Opie doing it. So mm-hmm. they, ain't, they ain't jumping on weeks every, every day like Huey Bowman. They're jumping on different horses and getting them up across the line. That's that one. I'll take this one to the inside and we'll win by two lengths. Incredible. Uh, and Adam wants to know what is he's paying to make the cut on Saturday? <laughs> I'm not making the cut. So play Friday and Saturday and then they cut the field. So hey, I is he? Is he? Is he? Stop it. Yes. All right. What? When there's no such <laughs> thing as can't, all right? Okay. You can make yeah, the cut. you're right, Kempe. Change. All right. Uh, do you know what I said yesterday? Don't talk as yourself long out as of I, it. As long as I bomb it past these pros and I'm going, boys, what have you been doing for your whole life? Like, That's come right. on, mate. I'm only just, <laughs> just taking up this game. Get come some on. chatter going. Put some pressure <laughs> Get on. Get in the heads, eh, Kempe? That's exactly right. right. Thank you. That's why you're here, Kempe. <laughs> Grip it. Come on. Rip it. 20. Just turn the phone on and put me on it. <laughs> How many drinks have you had? <laughs> exactly. Leave it on. Leave the phone on. You start ringing Josh Geary. 19 away from <laughs> seven. Hey, uh, the quiz is coming up. We got a $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. And Oh, tough. Mate, if there's ever a weekend you want a little bit of a, a bonus bet. I actually thought Neeps was being kind today. I thought it was a pretty piss easy quiz. Maybe first call of three gets it, runs the slate. Neeps has had a little sleep in. He's obviously feeling pretty good today. Not, Not a chance, Neeps. Don't worry. I'm struggling with the clues again, son. Oh, 800 <laughs> Come through. Take on the Quizmaster. This is how you do it. Quizzy, they come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call, and well, you have called. We got Mark from Tauranga. Morning, Marky. Morning, boys. How are you? The rig. Good, thanks, Mark. How are you, the rig? Not too bad. Not too bad. I forgot to pack one of those, so uh, a little bit lighter in the pocket than I should be. <laughs> oh, it's okay, mate. Maybe maybe you're the way. The reason why it won. Eh? You might be a bit <laughs> like me. You like are you good at stopping horses, eh? Oh, I never have been until you said that, but, well, geez, that's, that's <laughs> <hurtful>. <laughs> No, I'm joking, mate. Love it, love it. Anyway, good luck, Marky. Here we go. The Silver Ferns have bet the Australians in the first game of the Constellation Cup. Who won the 2021 Constellation Cup? New Zealand, Silver Ferns. Silver Ferns is correct. Question number two. Rafael Nadal has just welcomed his new baby boy into the world. Name one of the two Grand Slams Rafa has won this year. Shivers. Uh, Wimbledon. Oh, no. <laughs> Wimbledon is incorrect. Sorry, my brother. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah. What? If you know Rafa. Oof. 
Zaid with Morkland will know one of them. Morning, Zaid. Good morning. Was one of them the Australian Open? Australian Open is correct. What was the other one? Was it French or no? Yeah, yeah, French. He loves a bit of clay as old Rafa. Question number three. King of clay, yeah. King of King of clay. The driver who caused the massive pile-up on lap five of the Bathurst has been fined to the nearest thousand. How much was it in AUD, Aussie dollar? Oh, can I have a clue for that? I don't know. Um, yep, yeah, it's not 20,000. <laughs> 21? <laughs> 21,000 is incorrect. Sorry, Zaid. Have a good one, brother. We're going to go to Tony in Auckland. Morning, Tony. <laughs> Morning, guys. How's it going? Morning, Apples. Yeah, good, brother. Good. <laughs> to the nearest thousand, how much was that Aussie driver fined for that caused the Bathurst crashed? To the nearest thousand, Aussie dollars. No, I got 10,000. 10,000 is correct on the money there, Tony. Question number four. Only three countries have won the Women's Rugby World Cup. New Zealand, England, and which other country? Uh, New Zealand, England, and I'll go uh, France. France is incorrect. Sorry, Tony. Have a good day. We're going to go to Brett from Huntley. Brett, more than to you. Sotkazi, $4.50. Sotpoli Moati. Happy days. Yes. I knew I won when I checked my Twitter because you're always on the money, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Brett, uh, but only three countries have won the Women's Rugby World Cup. New Zealand, England, and which other country? The States. The USA, 1991. How good. They won't win this one, (laughs) Kev. They won't win this one for sure. (laughs) I think they were reading they love those Northland pies. They spent $1,000 at the bakery in Northland. (laughs) That's why they won't win. (laughs) Here we go. Mark Todd won two gold medals in the Equestrian's individual three-day event. What was the name of the horse he rode? Charisma, bit of a legend. Mm. Whoa. Charisma. Told you, it's easy question. Bang. Bang. Oh, yeah, to be fair, Bang. that's the easy one, Neeps. You'll <laughs> 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 be told, Neeps. <laughs> bang, bang, He's still recovering. Bang, He's still recovering, Brett, from falling over in the shower. Oh, nah, it was, a, it was the towel, remember? Oh, the towel, that's right. <laughs> Changing the tyre. Tell me was a omen, Daggy. Yes. Yes. Yes, brother. Ah, I, I, I know that, brother. Yeah. Hold the pose. Okay. Okay, and a twirl and a little club twirl. Okay. Yeah, and then look back and stare at my pro in the eye. Be no hoopy, but just touch the nose, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I'm gonna do it, brother. I'm gonna do it. Anyone doesn't need a fill up as Brett from Hunley, he gets another fifty buck. Oh mate. <laughs> oh bloody TAB counts flying. <laughs> yeah, it says that's that's how it goes when Neeps does these easy quizzes. I don't know what's gotten into Neepia. Seven away from seven, Brett's come through and taken the cash. After seven, we're gonna talk to Chris Nowinski about concussions.
and CCE. Oh, this will be interesting. Really, really interesting. We've got a couple of text messages here to round out the hour, though, from you, Richie, Charlie, and uh, an unnamed texter who's come through with a good point on Luke Jacobson just after this. Double eight, double three. We've been taking your messages this morning on all things racing and life. After seven, we're talking concussions, and a text came through as he Luke Jacobson went through quite a bit of concussion recovery a couple of years back. I remember him heading to Auckland to help and find out what was going on with himself. Um, we should hit him up to see what he's been through. I remember that, and it took him a wee while to kind of get that confidence back, didn't it? Yeah, it took him a wee while, and yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'll flick him a message. He's obviously um, part of the All Blacks 15, so it'll be good chat about that. But yeah, see what he found out, his findings, and how he's able to un- overcome it, because not many can. You think of Ben Afiaki, the big prop, uh, got a horrific head knock for the Chiefs. And uh, ended his career. He's now coaching the Blues and um, doing doing a good job there. But Carl Heyman. had to step away from the Carl Heyman doing it now. Uh, you got Stephen Thompson up in England. Plenty. I heard a story that Stephen Thompson, when they were doing scrums um, back in the day, there was this movable scrum machine. So it was like hitting a brick wall. So this thing didn't move. And then you 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 think of the forces going through that front row. Apparently, he'd come out and nearly like faint. And black out because he was just stuck in this scrum machine and everyone else was obviously pushing behind him for like a minute. And then he'd come out of like all his blood vessels and, and his head would just like burst. And I was like, wow, old school as they come. So uh, look, this next conversation with Chris Nowinski is going to be insightful. It's going to give us a lot of detail and a lot of research that he has done. So I'm looking forward to this, lads. And if you've got any questions, please fire them through. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. And we will get those to Chris. It's going to be a great chat. Looking forward to it. Anyway, we're going to shoot off. And here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Maintain bone strength with Oscillin Calcium and Vitamin D3 300 tablets. Now $32.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, 13th of October, just after 7 o'clock. We've been uh, talking netball, we've been talking racing, and well, we're about to rip into a big out. We're going to talk to Ollie Yeager later on in this hour. He is playing for Canterbury. They're taking on Bow Plenty this weekend in the MPC semi-finals. And we've got the Black Ferns taking on Wales. But Oli Yeager was also named in the All Blacks 15. So he'll join the show at 7.40. And then after 8, Luke Jones, New Zealand slalom canoeist, about her life 
out of the water and the life she lives being plant-based more than an athlete love the sweet part of the week so looking forward to having a chat to her but right now we've been open and honest and we've been talking concussions throughout the week and being open and honest about it time to talk about something very close to the heart of myself and Kempi throughout the week We've been open and honest about our growing anxiety and concerns around concussions in sport, especially with the careers we've had ourselves. It's a topic which has been rightly plaguing sports leagues and athletes for a number of years, but the resolution and the commitment to fully understand and addressing the situation is something that has certainly been lacking. Our next guest knows about all that too well. Chris Nowinski is a former professor, professional athlete turned neuroscientist, who founded the Concussion Legacy Foundation to support athletes with CTE and promote safer sports through education. The work he is doing in this field is world-leading, and we couldn't think of anyone more equipped to join our discussion on the extremely important topic. Chris is online with us now. Morning to you, Chris. Uh, good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Uh, quickly... Why is this so important for you, Chris, and how long have you been on this journey for? Uh, so I've been doing this uh, almost 20 years now after a series of concussions when I was wrestling with WWE uh, ended my career. And uh, I learned very quickly that the, my problem was that I had been getting concussions my whole career playing football at Harvard University and, and hadn't told anyone because I didn't think we were supposed to, just like you guys probably did. And it caught up with me. So I had, I've had i had permanent post-concussion syndrome, although I'm better now, 19 years later, than I was for the first 15 years, which I had chronic headaches and other issues. And then I learned about CTE and started the Brain Bank at Boston University to try to figure that out. And, and that's been very scary about what we found over the last 15 years. Hey, Chris, just a, just a question uh, right at the front end here. Even today, are the players actually aware or the athletes aware of this major problem with CTE that's happening? No, not, I mean, not at all. Not even, not even over here. I talked to some, uh, you know, NFL players who are known for being very smart, long careers, and they, they literally still don't know that it's not really a concussion disease. And, and, you know, that that's part of the conversation we'd have worldwide is that, you know, concussions are discrete events. We've each had somewhere between, you know, five and 50, and uh, but we don't see a correlation with how many concussions you had and whether or not you get CTE. CTE is really caused by the 10,000 hits to the head or 20,000 or whatever our number is. All those hits create uh, subconcussive or silent brain damage, stuff you don't feel uh, that triggers a degenerative process that we find in a really surprisingly high portion of athletes, especially those who played a really long time. So you just touched on on the findings that you, you were able to figure out on this 15 years. Can you talk to us about the, the details and, and share some information that you've found over the last 10, 15 years? Yeah, I'm happy to. So so we've, been, we've studied about 1,300 athletes' brains after they've died. It's all led by Dr. Ann McKee at Boston University. I, I came to her 15 years ago and said, if I can get you brains to study, will you cure this for me before it takes me or my buddies down? 
And what we've learned is that uh, essentially while you're playing, you get small lesions or you can get small lesions, uh, usually behind your forehead in the frontal lobe and also in deep parts of the brainstem that uh, essentially a, a protein that holds together parts of your cell can start to fall, fall apart and your cells start to crumble and they keep falling apart after you retire. And so the disease sort of has four stages where at the beginning you see these sort of very tiny small lesions in specific areas of the brain that are vulnerable to trauma. And then by when you get to stage four, it's eaten away so much of your brain that you're basically in a nursing home with dementia. And then it's a, it's a, it can be a scary journey in between with mental health problems, cognitive issues, uh, and, and abnormal behaviors. Um, and what we found, we've studied mostly American football because that's the most popular sport here. And um, we found that your odds of developing CTE probably double maybe every three or four years. And, and once you get to more than 10 years, you know, we see, we've seen it in the majority of people we've studied. Um, we, we get a biased sample, so you can't really get a prevalence rate. We still can't diagnose it in living people. We still can't figure out how to treat it. But we're, we're starting to realize, you know, we've, we've proven beyond any doubt, even though New Zealand rugby will try to tell you something different, we've proven beyond any doubt that it is caused by repetitive hits to the head, repetitive traumatic brain injuries. That's understood. That's known here in the U.S. very clearly. Uh, and now we need to do a lot to both prevent it and then fix all of us who've been hitting the head too much. Hey, Chris, if you've got the numbers, you know, you're talking about the, the, the amount of hits, a 10 to 20K hits to the head and the 1,300 athletes that have been able to uh, give up their brains after death so you can study on it. Is there a, a methodology or a, a current way of, of taking a baseline, given the information that you've had with the current athletes to see where their, where their brain is healthy? And if you're talking that two to three years um, if you can go back, go over that time and recheck it to, to see what the damage has been done. You know, I, I would mo- most of us would say today that it's not worth your trouble to go in every year, every few years to get evaluated. Uh, to, you know, to try to track progression because really, like you can't see it on an MRI until late when you've started to lose volume and your brain shrinking and, and and certain things become clear. But like at my age of 44, it probably wouldn't tell us a whole lot. So it'd be a waste of time and effort. That being said, getting evaluated for mental health disorders and getting help like that is really important because basically what we find out is that, you know, and you'll, you'll probably see it in your community, just some guys start to go down this path where they start to have anxiety or depression or cognitive issues, trouble at work, trouble with their family, whatever it is, and it can spiral into an early death. And I've seen it take down, I mean, it, it just took down one of my college roommates. Uh, who died at 45 like it, it can it you get into these sort of mental health spirals addiction issues all those things so we need to be vigilant helping people and then we need to figure out what studies are actually worth and what tests are worth doing in the long term so so one of the things that we did was we actually partnered um, with the University of Auckland and uh, Sir Richard Fall and their brain bank to get more scientists working on this and so we, uh, we've started Brain Bank there really to both prove this is a problem in New Zealand because I think there's still denial there. Uh, but also, if we can get the top scientists all working on cures, we're going to be in a much better place. So what I always do, just so you guys know, is I always invite my ex-athletes I talk to to pledge to donate their brain uh, to our brain banks. Would you guys be interested in, in pledging to donate to Sir Richard Fall in the University of Auckland? Oh, I would, 100%. Yeah. 
I think it it'll be something going forward that I'd actually consider for sure. I, I touch on it, Chris, about my own struggles. Of I was concussed many a times back in the day, but it's that old adage, you know, you never want to show weakness. And uh, so you went back yeah. out and you're rolled back out the next week and continued to take head knocks. And now I'm starting to consider, ah, oh, why have I forgot that? Or why am I, you know, I'm dealing with my own uh, mental health issues at the moment, anger, you know, things and that are happening. And I'm thinking maybe it's stemming from from the situation uh, that went on earlier. But you touched on prevention, Chris. So prevention, what is it? How does it look like? Um, you know, this is sport, and particularly in NFL, one of the biggest sports in America, and I know they're fighting their own lawsuit, but the reality is the game won't stop. So how do we prevent this going forward in, in all sports, really? Yeah, that's no, a great question. I mean, the number one thing we do is we need to – reduce the amount of exposure you have to these hits to the head and so what we, we launched a campaign and it, it's it's very hard to do at the elite levels because this is that's entertainment and that's for money but at the youth levels it's really easy and especially because we now know those hits to the head you know we, we have no reason to believe they're not as likely to spark cte when you're 10 as when you're 30 so what we started a campaign called Stop Hitting Kids in the Head, where we're trying to convince governing bodies to say, look, we should have a different version of each of these sports for kids before, let's say, 14, right? Like anything that happens before then doesn't really matter. It's important to get kids working out and exercising and learning and having fun, but they don't need to get hundreds of hits to the head each year and all the concussions that come with that. So, so that's number one. And then number two would be change what happens outside of the games. The easiest thing to do is change how you practice because nobody cares. No one wants to be running into each other in practice. If, can we teach people to tackle without having them get hit in the head over and over again? And some some teams are able to do that. But I would say those are number one and number two by far. Everything else you're doing after that is much smaller. Chris, talk, talk to me yeah. about denial from organizations. You know, you're talking about the people that sit on these boards and they're they're selling media rights and entertainment. Talk to, talk to us and get us the, um, an under, give us an understanding of this word denial. Yeah, yeah. CT denial is an interesting one. So there's a few different levels here. One, it just came out yesterday that the leader of sort of the sports industry's resistance to CTE, um, Paul McCrory from Australia, has been exposed as a serial plagiarist misrepresenting other people's science in, in journal articles. So, you know, it, I feel like things are about to topple. But he's been telling everyone CT is made up, and they've believed him. Now, part, I think a lot of them believed him even though they know better. Um, and really, they're looking at two things. One, they're worried about lawsuits from players who played and are, are hurt. or But they're even more worried about kids not playing anymore because uh, – Kids are, n are not really the pipeline for talent. They're the pipeline for fans. Every, it's very known in the sports business that you, you know, you got to create your next generation of fans. And kids pick the sport they're going to be lifelong fans of most often when they're in elementary school, when they're between like 6 and 12. And so you want the kids playing your sport at that time because then they'll follow it the rest of the life, buy tickets, watch it on TV, and sustain your revenues. And so we have this sort of battle going on where – the business of sports is actually sort of lying to the public right now about what's going on with athletes. And I, and I, when we put this in the context of what's happening to children, 
Um, I'm hoping that we can pressure them to change and start being truthful and then adjust their sports because no sport necessarily has to go away, but we just need more rational versions of them so that we don't create this horrible brain disease that no one needs to get. I love it. I'm absolutely loving this conversation and uh, it's it's insightful as anything. Chris, just, just quickly, people that will be sitting at home or, or ex-athletes that will be listening to this, what are the things we can... And we're starting to think, ah, oh, maybe I do have some problems going on with CT or I've been concussed over time. So what are some uh, some signs that will probably point us to, to make that decision to go get the checks? And if we do have it, what do we do? You know, what, how, how, how are, we, yeah. are, we able to, are we able to heal it? Are we able to get through it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question. So if, you're, if, you, if you got hit in the head too much playing sports or otherwise, um, and you're sitting at home going, this sound, some of these things sound familiar. I have new onset mental health problems, or they're getting worse, or I'm having problems remembering things, and I feel like I'm too young for that. Um, the good news is you can treat the symptoms, and often very effectively. So, uh, you know, you can even go to our website, concussionfoundation.org. We have a helpline. You can email us like, hey, I need a doctor, and we'll find you someone in New Zealand. We have great connections. There's a great TBI network there. Um, so we'll get you somebody to get you better. The good news is a lot of people get very fast, positive results because a lot of these things build on each other. So, for example, uh, I found out one of the reasons I was struggling so much is my sleep was so damaged from the hits I took. And once I got my sleep under control, I started feeling better. I was able to work out better. I was able to lose weight. And, and, and so if you can tackle some of these things, you can actually get back to where you want to be for a long time. Eventually, CT can be too much to overcome. But right now, you can. And so if you're having these problems, uh, definitely reach out for help. And if you're older and it's cognitive or it's, or it's your partner who's showing these things in your 60s, 70s, you can still do so much to make your life better and easier, including education, caregiver support, those sorts of things. So don't be afraid. Don't, no one can tell you you have CT, so don't be afraid you're going to get some, uh, you know, doom. And, and just know that a lot of this stuff, it's not CTE, it's, and it's treatable things. So I don't, you know, somebody who probably has it, I don't sweat it too much, you know, because I'm okay yeah. right now. And I know to go, where to go get help if I need it. But I'd rather, what I'm trying to do with my energy is, you know, advance the research so that we have, if I do need something in 10 years, like we really have a real treatment that could stop this thing uh, from from progressing in my brain. Hey, Chris, just one last one before we let you go. You just referenced New Zealand rugby earlier on, and it just piqued, piqued my interest. Like, NZR, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the AFL, NRL, sporting leagues and governing bodies around the world. Have you seen a change in tone or are you still concerned about the seriousness and willingness to have the mature conversation? Uh, that's a great question. So it's slowly happening. Like, so actually, the NFL was one of the first governing bodies to admit that their game causes CT and it hasn't hurt them a bit. And then, um, you know, the, the next the next big group has been the Football Association in the United Kingdom. They've actually acknowledged this is all real, and they started. They just banned heading for kids before twelve. I was on the Sunday program there maybe a year or two ago, and they put me, you know, they have me being quoted saying, no serious scientists believe cause and effect has been proven. Then they went right to the CEO of New Zealand Rugby, Mark Robinson, who, you know, sort of gave the big tobacco, like it hasn't been proven yet. We haven't ruled out lifestyle and all these, like I, I'm always being given bad advice, but the idea this is caused by drugs or alcohol or lifestyle is preposterous and sad and silly mm -hmm. to say. 
So, um, so anyway, so yeah, no, it's, you know, we do need to be adults about this. You know, we are, again, I want those people to think about the fact they're recruiting kids to a sport that may destroy their lives and being dishonest about it. Uh, you know, it's fine. Again, rugby and football and soccer, they're great for adults and entertainment. And you can, you can go bang your head in if you want to, if you're an adult, but let's think about what this means for kids. That's, that's, my, horrible. that's what I want people to be thinking about. That's horrible to understand that and hearing that, that New Zealand rugby are constantly thinking about the business, but without the players, they have no business. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show, Chris, and sharing this insightful information with us. You are going to help many, particularly myself, um, you know, that, uh, and, it's, and it's reassuring knowing that there are, there are options there to get, get yourself better and, and get yourself better in shape. So appreciate you coming on. Chris Nowinski out of the United States talking all things concussions. Thank you so much, Chris. No problem. I'm coming over in February, so let's connect, and I'll uh, and I'll look forward to meeting you guys. All right. Yeah, let's have you in studio, right, Chris. Yes. Let's do a let's do a proper hour. All right, I love it. Count on it. Beautiful. There you go. How good was that, boys? Um, that was outstanding. <laughs> that was honestly. So I'm same. I'm going because I'm I'm into self care. Um, mm. and some of the some of the tools that he handed out there were gold, mate. Absolutely gold. Mm. So. Uh, if you're listening and you just want to go somewhere, go to go to concussion. Was it con- concussionfoundation.org? Was the was the one that he yeah. gave out? And yeah. check that uh, website out. And uh, if you've got any problems, contact contact Chris. Mate, I've never seen, I've never heard a guy wanting and wanting and willing to give some so much time and help this issue. You know, everyone that I've come across here are always doubtful that it isn't a problem. You know, they're talking about it not being a pro- not being a problem. So, well done, well done, Louis. That was a very good get. Concussion Legacy Foundation. Oh, it's not me, mate. It's Chris. He's trying to help all sorts of people, athletes, veterans. Um, Concussion Legacy Foundation. Uh, yeah, as can be seen, concussionfoundation.org. Go and have a look there. And in February, we'll have him in studio and we'll take your calls. I think he'll do that. You can tell he really cares about this part of the world because of our sports leagues. And um, he's making good change. 22 minutes past seven. What do you make of it? 0800 The Kennard's high phone line. Any impacts or reactions off Chris's chat there? Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Coming up 28 minutes past seven o'clock, Chris Nowinski, Concussion Legacy Foundation. He's a super fascinating guy. He's got a massive passion for this part of the world. And, and look, uh, having the open and honest, mature adult conversation around concussions, if you missed that, head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, our podcast channels. An interesting comment about New Zealand rugby there from Chris, and he's just sent a follow-up message. He wants your emails, lads, to continue the conversation with both of you. So we'll make sure we do that and follow up with him. But Joe and Gizzy is on the line. And Joe, you listened to that. What you make of it, mate? Well, I think that's probably one of the best interviews you've had in the uh, year and a bit you've been on on air, mate. I think uh, that is looking for the well-being of men before they even start playing the game. And uh, I think you know the the time has come now for uh, for those sports down under here to actually pay attention and and find the truth. And uh, like I say, people like yourself, Kempi, who uh, mm. who are into the self care side and who, who have been concussed probably dozens of times. And as you know, take a cup of concrete and harden up times, it's all changed. And I just think, mate, brilliant interview. And I think if you're going to get him in in February, get in one of our players who have been knocked out and it's cost them their, their, their career, you know, who, yep. who they can have a direct direct correlation to. Uh, and I think, mate, that'll be, be a cherished hour. But I thought, oh, one best interview you, you, you gentlemen have uh, put together. And I thought, absolutely outstanding, boys. Cheers, Joe. Yeah, no, that's dead right. It was a, a very, very good chat um, and insight for me. And, and I'll just say to Louis off, off air then, 
uh, the, the beauty of it was his uh, passion to uh, New Zealand, his passion that was shared about New Zealand and coming down here and, and saying that he's got all the connections down here for us too. I, look, Joe, for me, I just think it's really important to, to get this message out. I'm, you know, Like I said earlier in the week, it's about being courageous and having um, the 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 nous to get it out in a in a in a medium, especially on this platform, so that people can actually listen to what's actually happening. And having been through it myself and Izzy, um, we've got a thousand questions. Eh, is yeah. a thousand questions but, about it. I, I guess it's it's genuine when you know you've you've got genuine concerns, Kimpy, and it's kind of reassuring knowing like you always have those doubt. Like there's obviously diseases out there that are going to be caused from impact on the brain that you can't prevent and. And there's no uh, really any magical cure coming back from it, but it's reassuring knowing that there are options out there, and and that's it, actually genuine care that is going to be there uh, for you. And that information, well, we'll chuck it up on our um, on our Twitter pages. We'll we'll give you all the information, all the websites and everything, if you need. And and well, Chris, he's going to flick me an email. I'm on this journey with you, my mate. It's uh, yeah, keep keep watching the space. Awesome stuff, boys. And as I said yesterday, look, on behalf of everyone else, we look super appreciate your vulnerability and honesty around this as well um, because it does affect people in communities, but at that high level, at the top end of sport, that's where the conversation has to start. 29 away from 8 o'clock after the news aloha for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. We'll get some sports headlines and then we'll talk to Ollie Jaeger. He's front row for Canterbury, and he's off with the AB's 15 at the end of the year as well, which is a huge achievement for the Irishman. Twenty-seven away from eight o'clock this morning. Brad has texted on double eight double through. We'll get to your text in just a second, Brad. But some sports headlines from around Altera on a very very busy Thursday morning for Izzy and Kempi. Fueling your mission all year round is Gull. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. There you go, Kempi. When you start your road trip to Hastings, you can go to Gull and get yourself some. <laughs> Petrol yesterday with the Black Caps. Ever since we started raising a couple of questions, well, I've started to knuckle down. Glenn Phillips, 60 from 24. Conway, 64 from 40. They finished up with 208 for 5, which is a lovely score at Hagley Oval, uh, beating Bangladesh 160 for 7. Uh, Shal- uh, Shakib Al Hassan, though, 70 from 44. What a player he is. Over in America, Draymond Green. Well, have you seen the video of him punching his teammate Jordan Paul? I'm sure you guys have some great stories of flare ups at trainings. Well, this video was leaked, and he has smoked Jordan Poole right on the chin. <laughs> and well, I suppose it's not a laughing matter, actually. It was quite serious. And uh, Steve Kerr said, this is the biggest crisis we've had since I've been coach here. And you've got to remember, they lost Kevin Durant in a feud with Draymond Green as well. It's really serious stuff. We're not perfect, but we're going to lean on the experience we have together over the nine years and trust that this is the best decision for our team. Well, what are they doing? They're fining Draymond Green but not suspending him. He is the heartbeat of that team, but I am surprised to see them not at least stand him down 
for a wee bit. And in the Champions League right now, Napoli is up 4-2 over Ajax as that game comes to a close. Atletico drawing with Club Brugge nil all. They're disappointed, Atletico, because they've got a red card. So that's what's going around around the world. And Brad says Mark Robinson proving again that he is an absolute tool. Well, thank you, Brad. <laughs> oh, that was a great chat from Chris. And, yep, Mark Robinson, a couple of comments on Sunday. I watched that interview, actually, and... Uh, it's a wee interesting one now for Mark Robinson just shying away from it. And uh, actually great to see an ex-All Black has donated his brain. I know you sent that through on our chat there, Louis, yesterday. So more people are, are doing donations and, and donating their brains for for studies and research. And Chris posed the question to me. <laughs> At first I was quite taken back. But then you think the bigger picture and, and you know me being vulnerable here and, and saying I'm probably, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have some sort of impact from it. Um, I, I hope it can help people, and that's what we're here to do, help some people, lads. So uh, great chat with Chris. And just on that cricket there, Louis and, and Kempi, Devin Conway, mm. he's just really stamping his class and stamping his mark in that team as our premier batsman, isn't he? The, the best batsman in the Black Caps, hands down, like constantly getting runs, and he's always there or thereabouts. Um, when he gets out cheaply, it's always a tough day at the office, so his importance in that squad is huge. Oh, massive. And we've had him on the show a couple of times, Kempe. He's so calm and he understands why he's there. And Classic case of another guy who it took him, well, because he came from South Africa, he played, club, he played domestic cricket, <laughs> he couldn't be selected for New Zealand, and he just kind of come into the team as a 28-year-old, and he had that time on He knew who he was as an athlete and as a player. Mm. And you see it quite often, don't you? Well, yeah, he's the Cody Walker of South, you know what I mean? He's a Cody Walker, comes in late in his career and he's just ready to, to hit the ground running, knows what it takes to actually get out there and perform at the top top level. I like him, a good chat when we had him on. Um, and you're dead right, you know, they, they need some players too to start hitting some form. Uh, and he he's, well, he's probably someone it, um, along, hopefully that Kane Williamson can get some get some confidence from and start to start to perform as well because you can get them all going mate then we've got yeah. something we've got something again yeah him, him and Kane have, have built a few partnerships you think of the partnerships that Kane uh, Ross and Kane were able to forge over the last couple of years they were all there with their other bouts and uh, what about uh, the, the situation with Finn Allen and uh, Martin mm. Guptill well it's an interesting one Guppy at three uh, yesterday man is that it for Guppy? Well, I not, think you'll have a not yet, but an influence, but uh, not yet, tough. but it's it's definitely going that way. He'll get a crack, I think, in the warm up games or the early stages of the World Cup. But yeah. he needs a score really bad, mm. really soon. And I, look, I don't is moving Martin Guptill to three. Like I understand you can do things funky, and you know T Twenty cricket's all about innovating. But is that the best place for him? Actually, we should ask Baz. That's who we should be asking. 22 away from eight. Maybe we'll flick Baz a message and see what he reckons. The Guppu at three, is that at this point of his career, if that's the best way to go about it, I kind of feel like Guppy needs to open and be Guppy, or it's not. Yeah, so who's if he is three, who's who do we lose out there? Who will lose? Well, I guess Kane would go to four. Kane will go to four. You push. Glenn Phillips is an unreal nick. 
He's Phillips. Yeah. Glenn Phillips. I mean, Daryl Mitchell's injured at the moment with that broken finger as well. Look, the Black Caps have got a lot to work out. This T20 World Cup is it's not an easy gig for Gary Stead and Kane Williamson. There's a lot of pressure on them. And, yeah, it's all very well to beat up uh, Bangladesh at home. But I think there's a lot of question marks and more than they've ever had. In the, well, sorry, in Gary Stead's time. So watch the space, is he? Really fascinating to see how it goes. And Oli Jaeger, how well is he going? He's going good, mate. He's going real good. He's up after this, eh? He is. Canterbury, semi finals weekend against the Bay. Oh. Is that the real Don't Bay? Say that. Don't <laughs> say that. Ooh. 21 away from mate, back with Oli Jaeger. Yes, welcome back. We're 15 away from eight, but right now we're going to talk some rugby. They've been the class act all season long in the NPC, back to their dominant best under Marty Burke. Canterbury will look to cement their spot in the competition final when the Bay travel south to take them on Saturday evening. Bay are plenty under. Mike Delaney have timed their own run superbly, but will know they'll need to lift again if they have a chance of rattling the red and black cage. Oliega has been a stable in the Canterbury and Crusaders front row for a long time now, and he's with us on the line this morning. Morning, Ollie. Morning. How are you? Oh, good now, my friend. Uh, how are you doing? How's, how's the week been? How'd you just pull up after Northland? Yeah, it's been a pretty good week so far. Uh, I think most of the boys pulled up pretty sore after the Northland game. Pretty physical battle, that one. But, uh, nah, all the boys looking pretty good this week ready to fire into it again and just kind of get back into playing footy, eh? Yeah, nice. Nice, Ollie. Hey, mate, was pretty uh, a pretty good run home by Northland. What was the review like uh, this week when you re- reviewed that Northland comeback? Oh, look, there's definitely a couple of things that we need to, you know, sweeten up and tidy up before the week, uh, game this weekend. They really threw everything at us. Um, like, fair play to them. They put on a real good game. And as I said, they were real physical, which we knew they were going to bring. So, yeah, a couple of things to tidy up. But, um, look, we got the win, and we're just looking forward into this weekend now. Mate, how are you enjoying uh, the front row ranks at the moment? You've got some young talent. You've got Tamaiti there, who you were forging in a nice partnership with. You've got little George Bell, who's obviously been recognised with his achievements, Brody McAllister. So, a young, formidable forward pack. Are you happy with the improvements that they've made this year? And how they go? Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, eh? it's uh, probably the first time in a while I could probably say I'm one of the old dogs in the front row. Um, <laughs> but um, it's a bit of a weird way saying that. But now nah, they've been going on real good, uh, especially like those young boys like George Bell, Tams, Seth Calder in the ranks too. Having Oe back has been great too. Uh, he's been sharing a lot yeah. of his experience with them and really bringing them up to speed and what we need to do. So it's been awesome, and I'm just looking forward to seeing those guys' careers grow. Hey, Ollie, a bit of a reward here. You know, a few of you selected in the AB's 15. Is that a reflection of how well your Forge unit has sort of come together this year? Um, I would hope so. Um, what's it called? I think those boys are getting, you know, a real good opportunity um, to mm. go on and show what we can do in, uh, over in Ireland and over in England when we play the Barbas. But it's uh, definitely something that we're proud of. Um, we kind of pride ourselves on the four-pack here in Canterbury. So it's definitely a cool thing cool thing to see uh, all the boys in the team Man, and how about you Ollie you made the the shift a while back you've made New Zealand your home now and now you're being recognised as selection in the All Blacks 15 to travel up to the UK and, and play some games mate but for you are you still pinching yourself how's this week been 
the emotions in check? Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a surreal week. Um, it's been, it, it was awesome to be named into that team. It's uh, only something I've been dreaming of the last couple of years. And um, just the opportunity that I could have just to wear black would be so cool. And um, yeah, still pinching myself a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's going to be bloody cool also to hopefully get a game against Ireland of all teams as well, which would be a fantastic opportunity. But you know, I'll be trying to park it to the side a wee bit at the moment because we've got a, we've still yeah. got a job to do here. But it's definitely something, you know, it's been real cool and certainly enjoyed the moment. Yeah, beautiful. Well, just on that job before we let you go, mate, bad plenty. I think they're, uh, they're a dark horse in this. Mike Delaney led. They're playing so expensive rugby, exciting rugby to watch. Where's the focus been for this attacking the bad plenty? Uh, they're a good team. You know, they love to play with the ball. They've got a good pack, good backs. You know, it's just, we got just got to trust ourselves, play our game plan, you know, don't go into our shells and then make sure we really just show what we can do this weekend and just, you know, have fun. You know, we're in finals buddy and if we go out there and have fun, I'm sure we can get the job done. Yeah, get the job done, Ollie. And one thing that Canterbury do so well, they do the basics extremely well. You four just get, wow, you your head's into them dark places and ripping. And then as an outside back, you just love it. You love playing behind a full pack like yourself. So appreciate you coming on, Ollie. And uh, well done this week on the selection. And, and all the best for the rest of the season with Canterbury. No doubt you'll, you'll be there come uh, come the, the celebrations end of the year. So appreciate it, mate. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day. Yes, Ollie Yeager, a guy that's uh, made the sacrifice, moved south. And now he's been rewarded with a selection, so it's uh, it's a great thing to see. He's been chomping at the door for a wee while now, lads. So, some recognition there he is. I love your confidence. I love your confidence. You'll be there at the fo- you'll be there at the end celebrating. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah, you see, look, you're look, second look, team, Kimpy. <laughs> ba- <laughs> mate, what do the Bay Boys think of listening to the show? Hey, eh? they might have something to say no, about no, this I'm week. Hawks, I'm Hawks Bay. <laughs> Hawks back on. Come on, where's the rig? Get in here. Come on, send us here a text. I know you want to support your Hawks Bay. Hawks Bay uh, uh, had a quarter on Monday, so they're gone. So <laughs> oh, Canterbury. is that why, Brett? Is that why we was... Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still a bit groggy yesterday when we spoke to him. <laughs> hey, a couple of messages before we get off and come back to Kempi's Off the Back Fence. Hey, Dagger, you could donate your knees to science, brother. Probably oh. only good for recycling, but the intention is good. Love your work, mate. <laughs> Who is that? Leave your name. That is a great chat. My knees. Oh, man. Imagine what they'd find. They'd find no cartilage, that's for sure. And probably no MCL. And some horrible horrible wear and tear. (laughs) Arthritis. Oh, man, it'd be horrible knee. Oh, man. That sounds painful. And um, Brad says, fellas, why can't players do a yearly health check to monitor the brain? I work in a workshop wherever you get a lung and hearing check. It really comes just (laughs) under the health part of health and safety. Yeah, Brad, it's a great point. It's what uh, Kempi was talking about yesterday, but... Chris did address that and mm. said that the CT, the CTE comes late yeah. and it can come when you're older. So the yearly stuff, um, well, that might pick up bleeds and more obvious bits and bobs, but the actual CTE, you can't see it. So that was really interesting what Chris said about that and the science behind it. You can go to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast um, on our podcast channel and listen back to it. And there's a couple more messages we'll get to in a wee bit, but Kempi, I know you want to go off the back fence about a great Kiwi character. Yeah, I do. Okay. Let's go. 
the back fence with Tony Kemp. Imagine us sitting at home and your phone rings. The person on the end of the line explains to you that your prized possessions have been stolen by some thugs who think they have the right to take whatever they want, whenever they want. As New Zealand gets hit by wave after wave of smash-and-grab crimes, our beloved mad butcher has had to endure the latest bout of inexcusable behaviour. He has generously donated memories, memories that can never, ever be replaced. Why is this happening in our country? A country where leaving your back doors unlocked was the norm and respect was earned, not spat on. Is it just me or does this take what you want when you want tsunami seem to be increasing exponentially. The loss of the jerseys is despicable and disrespectful. However, I'm sure the butcher would be the first to agree that families with small businesses affected by this crime wave are doing it even harder. I find myself asking why this is happening. The social dilemmas are the same as we have always faced. What has changed? Unemployment is low. In fact, many industries can't find employees which leads me to think that the lack of employment can't be driving this. Whatever it is, it's time to sort this issue out. I say you do the crime, then make the penalty significant and a deterrent. If we don't penalise this behaviour, I have a sinking feeling that New Zealand will fall deeper and deeper into the crime abyss. Peter, I'm sorry that these low lives have caused you so much heartache. Actually, Butcher, we're all very sorry. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Mate... I can't believe that it's happening, Kempe, and it is happening everywhere. And mate, the reason why is because these these criminals get a slap on the wrist. Mm. They get a slap on the wrist, a slap on the hand, and they're and they're let go, and they're back out there and to their own devices, and that won't stop. They won't stop, mate. The punishments aren't even punishable. Like they they're just a joke, really. And that's why this is happening. You know, there's no accountability. There's no one holding these. Crims these thugs accountable, and that's why they're getting away with it. No, it's five. There's a five hundred percent increase in in smash and grab crime, and the average age is fifteen. Back in my day, you were thrown into a ball That's what they should bring back. Get him, get him to do the time. Yeah, it's pretty scary and confronting issue, and I think a lot of it comes back to housing. To be honest, and there's yeah, you you guys know all about. Well, we, yeah, this isn't the time and place to talk about it, but there are multiple issues facing New Zealand at the moment. Is he? And at the end of the day, it's just sad, really. I just feel sorry for a lot of people involved. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of bit of crime happening out of my area too. So I'm like, like you can leave my keys in my truck, and house is always open. But hey. Things are changing. Might have to start locking things up. But anyway, coming up, Luca Jones, more than an athlete. Oh, she's a slalom canoeist. Looking forward to that. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse October catalogue and find Dolce & Gabbana K50 mil for just $79.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
morning. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Thursday, 13th of October. It's just after 8 o'clock. We appreciate you tuning in throughout the morning. And, well, if you've only just tuned in, that's okay. We've got a podcast. And we had Chris Nowinski on, a former WWE wrestler, now founder of Concussion CF. And he he joined the show earlier on at 7 o'clock, and there was a really insightful conversation talking concussions, the ongoing effects. And if you missed it, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCNZ app, and you'll have a listen to that. You won't be disappointed. Joe from Gizzy came through. He's given himself a chance to be caller of the week, to win an Ego Power Tool. And Louis will be doing and picking the winner of that right now where there's only two because, well, Joe from Gizzy pretty much said that was the best interview we've ever done. So he's given himself a good chance. But double eight, double three, keep the messages coming through or even better, give someone a call. But right now it's five past eight and it's time for this. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park. Working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Well, there are many ways you can be more than an athlete, and we've realised during this feature on the show and today we're going to talk about food. Well, really, it's more than food. It's more about mindfulness around what you're fueling your body with for elite performance and considering the environment while you do it. How good. Olympic silver medalists Brooke Donahue, Luca Jones and sports nutritionist Crystal Dunshimoj have written and published their own version of a cookbook and it's called Sustain and as they have put it themselves aims to summarise the specific needs of a plant-based diet for the athletes and to provide readers with a range of delicious recipes and tips to get the best out of yourself as an athlete. Wish it was around in my day. It's a very sharp concept and we've got a copy of the book here at SENZ and I must say it's come out beautifully with some delicious looking tucker inside. Mmm, yum. Luca Jones is one of the star authors. She's also a gun kayaker who we've seen compete at multiple Olympics and she's with us on the line now. Morena, Luca. Morena, guys. How's it going? Catch you, pie. Hey, um, just tell us, you know, where did uh, this idea spawn from and have you had you done much writing before? No, this is the first for all of us. And yeah, it kind of, uh, the idea came about in 2020. We had a bit of extra time because the Olympics had been postponed. And I was having a consultation with Crystal. Just, I made the switch to being a um, vegetarian athlete. And we were just, yeah, having a chat. And I guess we realized that there wasn't a lot of resources out there for, you know, active people, athletes who wanted to incorporate more plant-based meals into their diets. You know, I guess when you're looking for those one percenters in performance and you might think that eating plant-based meals um, has a negative impact, you know, people are a bit more, um, yeah, they're they're a bit more apprehensive, I guess, about making that change. Hey, Luca, Um, tell us about the... the, Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. Um, The the benefits... (laughs) The benefits of um, plant-based, can you, can you tell us about that? Oh, I've got a friend that uh, was having her own health issues. She went fully plant-based and pretty much cured her disease that she was dealing with and um, has overcome it. So the benefits that, that being plant-based, oh, wow. plant-based adds to you? I guess um, 
for me, I made the switch because of um, animal welfare reasons. You know, I had this mm. bunch of pet chickens and I just couldn't imagine them, you know, living lives in cages just for consumption. Um, but I think health-wise, you know, I just feel like my body responds well to not eating meat and I'm definitely, you know, very healthy and very able to train and, you know, push the numbers in the gym and on the water and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I definitely haven't noticed any major differences switching to plant-based eating. Hey, Luca, Luca, just um, you've you've connected it with this environmental part of it as well. How how important is that to you and Brooke, that the environmental side as well as the plant-based side come hand in hand? Yeah, that was a huge... Um, point for us in the book and just you know being aware of where our food comes from there's a yeah you you have a lot of power with what you buy you know in the supermarkets or the food that you consume so yeah as athletes we do a lot of traveling and maybe do have a bit of a carbon footprint so yeah we're really um keen to offset that by eating plant-based meals but also yeah just to raise awareness of you know you walk down the meat aisle at the supermarket and you don't really connect with where that food has come from. You know what sort of life that animal has had. It's probably not, you know, growing up in the wild and <laughs> lived its best life, I guess. Yeah. Okay, okay. And and I've got a few mates that have gone to be plant-based that are currently playing um, rugby. Um, I think TJ Pedernada, he's probably the one that's obvious comes to my mind. Um mm-hmm. So are you starting to see a lot of uh, athletes around the world singing the same song sheet? Yeah, and it was surprising actually. You know, we kind of reached out while we were doing this book um, to get a few athletes on board just to do a Q&A on their experiences. And yeah, there are a lot of athletes out there who have switched to either fully plant-based or incorporating a lot more plant-based eating into their diets. And yeah, I guess maybe it's just the the way the world's going, people are a lot more conscious and, yeah, I think athletes are really um, becoming aware of their impact on the world. Hey, look, I did a uh, I did a accreditation as a functional medicine health coach and, and one of the, the big parts of it was a plant-based diet. What are the health benefits, especially gut health, that you've seen um, come out of this, this type of diet? I think... Um, I mean, overall, personally, I just feel a lot less bloated. I feel like, you know, you have to think a lot more um, with a plant-based diet of um, making sure that you're getting everything you need in those meals. And so I feel you're getting a a wider range of of nutrients because you're having to, you know, think more deeply and include that range instead of just having, you know, your meat and three veg on the plate. (laughs) So, yeah, I think... You know, health-wise, it's, yeah, for me, I just feel personally a lot better. Um, I I can't really say the science behind it because everybody's different, obviously, but just personally, I feel yeah. a lot, you know, lighter and freer on a, a plant-based diet. So one of the um, probably concerns is for the plant-based, and one of the things I've heard when you go in raw and you go in and being plant-based is obviously the costs of going down this line, you know, things are getting expensive. So what what will it cost if you were living this life? Is it quite expensive or or are you doing a lot of these growing, growing your own vegetables at home? Is that what kind of you're, you're doing? Um, 
Yeah, I haven't really noticed that it's more expensive, but it's probably because I am a bit cheap sometimes. You know, I shop at the Reduce to Clear store and I go to yeah. the local fruit and veg shop, which is a lot cheaper than the supermarket. And I think buying things in season makes a big difference as well. Um, buying dried beans instead of um, canned beans, you know, it goes a lot further and it's a lot cheaper. So I'd go as far to say that, you know, unless you're um, catching your own meat, um, or fish that it's actually cheaper to be on a vegetarian diet um, especially you know if you've got a little bit of garden out the back and you can chuck in some silver beet or some kale and lettuces and yeah grow a little bit of your own um, it goes it goes a long way and I also feel yeah quite satiated after eating you know a big bowl of veggies and beans and um yeah, rice, you know, like you feel quite full after eating that. You're definitely not kind of wanting more. <laughs> Luca, I'm just holding your book right now and I've come across the shushushka with beans, which just looks absolutely delicious and it's making me extremely hungry at uh, 13 minutes <laughs> past eight. But I also come across Luca's raw snack bars. Now, mm-hmm. I guess that raises the question, how many of these recipes are actually yours and how many of them did you have to kind of invent while you were writing the book? Yeah, I guess like a lot of them are recipes that were kind of go-tos for us and then, you know, through it being a recipe, but we can't just copy other people's recipes. So we've kind of changed them up or added more protein or, you know, I guess, yeah, judged them up to be... Um, more suitable for athletes and active people. Um, and I think that was the goal with the recipes. You know, I put a vegan recipe book not long ago and it was just every recipe was kind of variations on how to eat lettuce. And, yeah, <laughs> you can't, as you guys know, you can't peel on, on lettuce. So, yeah, we wanted kind of proper meals, you know, that, that are going to fuel you for your active pursuits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's hey, Luca. It's lovely to lovely to hear you talk about um, this plant based style. My, my young fifteen year old daughter, she's a vegetarian too. So, uh, we'll definitely go out and purchase that book. Hey, thanks for for joining us this morning on SENZ. One last question before you go: Where are you at? Where are you at with your kayaking at the moment? What have you got planned? Um, I've just raced nationals, and next year is Olympic selections for Paris. So, that's the big one, and I guess. Yeah, Paris is obviously the the biggest goal. So I've I've actually had a bit of a troublesome year with long COVID. So I'm building back into it, but feeling good again. And yeah, really excited about getting out racing next year. Nice. Well, we wish you all the best here at SENZ. We'll get you definitely back on when you head up to those uh, those world champs. And thanks a lot for joining us tomorrow. And one lucky winner listening to SENZ this morning is probably going to win this wonderful book with all these beautiful recipes. Louis told me he's going to go home and cook it for us and we'll have it for breakfast this morning. <laughs> thanks a lot, Luca. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Okay, right. Okay, well, I'll find you something. Bliss Bulls, apricot and cashew, peanut butter date, uh, chocolate cashew. There is some delicious stuff in here. Let's give it away. Let's give it away. What's your favourite vegetarian meal? Double eight, double three. We've got a copy of Sustained by Brooke Donahue, Luca Jones, and Christelle Dunshi Moish. So, what's your favourite go to veggie meal? Boys, how good's a steak? I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, but cut it out. I just can't do it. You're I just from, can't do it. You're from the bay. <laughs>
Mine's, mine's, mine's <laughs> so. my current one at the moment, Louis. Vegetarian nachos. I had it last night for tea. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, delicious. <sighs> I um, Shannon does a real good. They are delicious. Do you know vegetarian Mexican's really good? Shannon does a real good uh, jackfruit mix. So like a Mexican spiced jackfruit, and then you just put it in wraps, and it tastes like pulled pork. Well, I had a flatmate that was like Izzy. Was like Izzy. And he was like, <laughs> nah. He's like meat. He's like you can't, you know. He's like I'm from I'm from Canterbury. I eat meat, and he was and we we gave him a jack these jackfruit um, tacos one day, and he was like, oh, pull pork, how good? And he just didn't even tell him until afterwards. Like, mate, that's just a fruit. Couldn't believe it. Mind blowing. So there's definitely ways you can disguise it. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. in this book, surely Daisy cranks out a, a, a vegetarian mood uh, meal every once in a while. No way, he man. I'm like, where's the chicken? <laughs> Where's that? Put that in there. Put that steak in there, mate. Honestly, uh, nah, no You're chance. Spoiled, here, mate. You're spoiled, with Daisy. <laughs> Not even gonna lie about it as well. I appreciate that. Um, sustained plant-based foods for active people. Double eight, double three. We've got a book for you. All you got to do is text us your favourite veggie meal, and Joe will cook it. Joe, you don't eat veggies, do you? Nah, I was about to say, if no one comes through, can I have it? So I can learn how to eat vegetables. Use it to start, <laughs> start your fire. Yeah. <laughs> Is you it? just get back. I'll tell you one thing. You just get back on those push-ups, mate, all right? You just get back on them. Is he? I had a chat to him this morning. He stopped doing them. Yeah. Man. Look at him. He's has fading he been, away. Has he been wavering? Oh, mate. Joey, you better be running. I am running. I ran 15K when's big, yesterday. When's the big day? Um, big day. 15K. 15K. Yeah, 15K yesterday, yeah. Well done, mate. Good on you. It's, it's not all lost, Kempi. I will get back in the press-ups, I promise. I, I won't disappoint you again. It's uh, two weeks away. Two weeks. <laughs> listen, to some, listen to some of these text <laughs> messages. Kempi's already checked out, Joe. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Joe. What were you saying? Anyway, let's, let's, let's have a listen to what John's got to say. Animals eat plants, need meat. Cheers, John. <laughs> Brett says T-Bone Troy says hit the roast Kumara boys Um, We've got What a great interview for big media Like me to hear the wife tried to make me Eat vegetarian once a week and I liked the Flavours And now we do it three times a week I'm currently doing an eight week challenge to strip fat And gain muscle and there are a lot of Large vegetarian meals that make me Feel full as would love the book to assist With the three day vegetarian meals Vegetarian lasagna is my favourite The text machine's blowing up here Cheese and crackers (laughs) Coconut veggie curry been veggie for 12 years boys. coconut veggie curry yum And my mum's been veggie for a couple years now She would love a plant based book brothers Hook a brother up from dub tea Troy I like it 100% jackfruit tacos and bliss balls Kumita burgers pretty good too from Brendan Feta and spinach gnocchi And tomato Mm. puree Luigi Yum (laughs) Hey Luigi send that in mate Send that in I'll taste it this is this is really eye opening. I eat vegetarian, vegan often. Vegan cows, vegan sheep, <laughs> vegan steaks. Great lads, I love. Mate, do you know they're actually making like meat that's vegetarian, but tastes like chicken? Like there's yes, there's so many options out there. Fake meat, and it's crazy. Like I've had a taste of of some, and I'm like, you just don't even notice the difference. So there are options out there if you need your your little filler. But how good is that text machine? Woo-hoo. Veggie meals, smoked falafel with roast beetroot served in Moroccan flavoured broccoli and red onions. All good boys. And that's Joe with the catering business, Kempi. Mm. 
<laughs> My wife would love this book as she has just gone plant-based for health reasons, and this would get me in the good books before the League <laughs> World Cup goose. Yes, mate, that's right. Have you seen the Samoan side playing England this weekend? Oh, match of the round. Well, we had a text, Kempe. Hey, boys, the Aussie team list is the only one out for the league. No, the Samoan one's out. Well, no, where is my, the Kiwis one? Uh, I think that just got named this morning. So, uh, yep, the teams are coming out. It's pretty pretty average how they're making them sort of all come out at certain different times because you'd want to see them. The big, the big talking point on the league, just quietly, is that uh, they've got to play in their squad numbers. So the Australians have been named in squad numbers. So I think... For instance, Isaiah Yell, who's in the thirteen number thirteen, is wearing number twenty four because his choose obviously alphabetical order. So they've got Daily Cherry Evans and Ben Hunt in two and three. I, I saw that. Why? I do not understand. Now, and Mel Meninga's come out said I didn't have a say in it, but the Australians had agreed to this rule that let's put them in the squad number. The reason they do it is because it saves them on the the programs. It just puts the, this is your whole squad. And here's the number one to 24, and it's in alphabetical order. So they don't just keep changing numbers around. It's stupid. It's put Izzy to sleep. Yeah. But that's the International Federation. They are spastics. Well, yeah, maybe not that. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, I probably wouldn't use that word, Kimpy. But I think that in general they, they've got that one completely wrong. I just don't understand why they do that. 21 minutes past 8 o'clock. The text machine is blowing up. Vegetables are what food eats. Hot chips dipped in mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, double eight, double three. We got this book here. Come through on the other side of this. We got pacing for purpose. Have you picked one? Not yet. We'll, we'll see how many we get. Hundreds. It's still coming through. Double eight, double three. I'll choose one at the end of the hour. We've got pacing for purpose in our Greyhound charity run. Twenty-two minutes past eight. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. 27 minutes past 8 o'clock, grnz.co.nz. We love our dogs. They love to race. You go get all the information at Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Uh, oh, we're looking tomorrow at Addington, lads. We're going race 10, 2.45, so quarter to 3 in the afternoon. Just when he's finished his round, and he's going to have a little bet on Gitan or Gitan. Race 10, number one, jumps from box one, where it's only jumped from once before and it got the job done. Uh, ran a pretty good time last time as well. So slick looking to build. That is race 10, number one, Addington Greyhounds tomorrow for Child Cancer Foundation. Now, appreciate your messages coming through on double eight double three with all of your different recipes and favourite vegetarian or vegan food. Reese came through and said... As a butcher by trade, it's basically against every grain of my DNA. I'm a veg- have a vegan daughter and struggle to feed her when she comes home. Would love the cookbook to get ideas. Mm. It'd be tough, isn't that it? That would be hard. <laughs> that would be very hard, Reese. And I know that'll be difficult. But every father wants to do everything possible to make their daughter happy. So no doubt you'll be doing it. But hey, we would love to give you a book. Um, how are we going to do this, draw, Louis? Just keep them coming through, and, and we'll just we'll, yep. we'll select a random one. Remember, we've got a uh, a talkback, a caller of the week competition for our ego line mm. trimmer as well. And right now, as you pointed out, it's between two guys, Nick and Joe, because yeah. well, they came through and were f- flattering us. We need someone to come through with a stonking <laughs> call, you know, declare yeah. the rugby league world cup winner or something. Hey, eh, Kempi. 
Well, that'd be nice. That'd be nice because it's it's the Kiwis. It's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how you kiss up to Kimpy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just getting. To, I'm just getting to the back of these numbers. Just we've had a couple of texts and saying about the numbers. What I've worked out is that if you've played for Aussie, so if you've already played the game, you get numbered. Dame Cisco because he's captain gets number one, so he's the only bloke in the right jersey. Then the rest of them are in alphabetical orders. If you've played for Aussie, if you haven't and you're making your debut, then in alphabetical order you get named in the rest of the jerseys. So it's honestly. It, you need One to of be, the stupidest you, things you, you do heard. need to be a rocket scientist to work it out. So what the hell? I'm like, what? <laughs> what are they doing, mate? The only thing I could oh. think, the only thing I could think about, first thing that came into my mind yesterday when I read it was the NBA. You know how how blokes, yeah. you know, Michael Jordan wears a twenty three, pick their own numbers. But they didn't even get to do that. They didn't even get to choose their own numbers. They did do that for once and when Super League first kicked off. You could choose your own number. But it's ridiculous because you need it as a spectator. And you need it when you're looking at the players. That's As right. a commentator yeah. on the football field, you're looking at players. So you're seeing Daly Cherry Evans run down the field and you're calling out, you know, that's Addo Carr <laughs> in the number two jersey. It's like, yeah. it's honestly a nightmare for commentators. I mean, imagine if you had Izzy Dag running around in his heyday with two on his back. You'd be like, why is that hooker kicking the ball? Like, Remember when the hookers used to throw it in the lineup? Laugh at the, the, the wingers, sorry. Oh, the wingers, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I always wind them up. Hey, I'll be standing there going, like, us throwing some absolute seeds, and I'll be looking over at Cody Taylor. I'm saying, not hard, not hard, bro. <laughs> just throwing absolute dimes. <laughs> Come your on, chat, boys, easy job. let's get some guys on and talk about how good your chat was in the All Blacks. <laughs> well, I remember Ryan Crotty told the story, but as he what did you do? Lost a boot? No, that was you told that one. No, I put my sock on. I had two left socks and I put them on. And he's like, bro, are you going to get a right sock? I said, bro, it's a sock. Put it on. Play. Come on. Don't let a little sock, bro. He's just real, you know, he needs everything to be perfect, perfectionist. And then it didn't. And I, he was just like blown away. Went out and played the game. All good. It doesn't seriously, bother me, that thing. seriously, that's like a bucket of steam. Two left socks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How do you get a sock to, to look left and right? Well, that's what I mean. Like, one's got L on it and the other one's got R on it. But I'm like, mate, their socks, they'll fit. Like, put it on. Cares. Hurry up. Move on. Play the game. <laughs> if that rattles you, there's something wrong. Well, you, mate, you're the same bloke that played a game with a size 11 on left foot and size right on <laughs> size 13 on the right, didn't you? He's an all black. <laughs> or, if, or if I got that story wrong. 28 minutes <laughs> away. This is, Israel, this is Israel Dag the all black. He wears a size 11 on one foot and a size 14 on the other. <laughs> Hey, that's what happens when you drop your boot outside and someone takes it instead of handing it in. Yeah, 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 we know. You're still angry about that. 28, <laughs> let it go, mate. Make peace. 28 away from nine. Uh, we'll get to some racing content. Markets are open for the Livermore. We'll see who Kempi's just asked me is up against this weekend after this. Here's Rain's up. still coming down. Rain, rain, rain. Woodville's been canned. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Richie, you came through with that text. Well done there. Uh, 28 away from 90s. Other half the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Right, we're 25 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. Hey, we're going to catch up with Hugh Bowman in just a little bit. Is he pretty excited for that? 
I am excited for that, Louis. I've just tried to ring Kurt, but I think he was celebrating too too hard, so he didn't answer. And uh, I told him that Huey Bowman's coming on. So, nah, super excited. Just have a chat to him, obviously, about yesterday and going forward what he's got coming up. It's a couple of big races. So, yeah, fizzing, bud. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Uh, look, I, I listened to Hugh's comments of Pango after the race, and he's going to stick with him. So we'll see if we can get him to commit to him for the rest of his life, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Kurt uh, Rugby's like, did you hear him say, I'm looking forward to the future? I said, does that mean he's staying? <laughs> he's not Good going on you, Huey. Mate, there he knows. Uh, he did say, he said, oh, yeah, isn't... Um, Brendan McCullum in that horse as well. I was like, yeah, that's right, mate. He's due a fast one. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so it'll be great oh. to get Hugh on just a little bit. But talking about the racing, well, this Saturday, Kempe, the rain has come. Livermore Classic is going to be wet. It's going to be really wet. So they reckon it will be heavy. And it was raining, Smithy said, for about three hours yesterday, and it's still consistently wet. So... If I look through the field, just ask me at $14 and $4, is it an each-way play for you or more of a place bet? Uh, I actually think he's a chance. Seriously, I do. I think, you know, he's always it's always been the target uh, to take him to the Livermore and and the hope that we got some rain and, and the stars seem to be aligning. I know that uh, Mustang Valley is going to be pretty hard to, mm-hmm. to beat, but given... What uh, Andrew said about backing up and the travel and all that sort of stuff, you know, as a young horse, still needs to still needs to uh, get up there, wait for age, and against some tougher, tougher horses. And I'll tell you one thing about our horse; he's tough, and he ain't going to struggle with the two thousand. Well, he also comes back to weights that finally suit him, so he can have Ryan Elliott ride him, which is good—a strong rider. Barrier ten's not an issue because he'll come out last because he's just lazy. What does Thicko say? If you start running him today, you might have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Al? You get him to Sticko, uh, mate. <laughs> yeah, just ask Sticko. <laughs> Sticko's a good name for a horse. Uh, Mustang Valley down the bottom of the book, two dollars eighty. Wow, she's That's short. It is short for a Group you, One. I tell you what, the ten dollars in the futures at the start of the week were pretty good. <laughs> um, and the rain's the and the rain's come through. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, burglar. Yeah. Yeah, a little burglar. <laughs> I'm due one. Um, the rain's gonna come, and the rain doesn't isn't good for a few of these. A, a few of them in particular really won't like it. Like Predefer, he won't want a heavy track. Never one on a heavy track. He wants a good track. Vernon, me, he can get through the heavies, but again, a lot of these at this time of the year they want good tracks. Defibrillates ever only ever had the one start on. The heavy track as well did win that day. Uh, demonetization will love it. True enough, we won't really care, but it doesn't really matter. Helena Baby will love it, but will Helena Baby stretch over 2,000 metres? Um, Osaka, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Field of Gold won't love it. Hasn't really found the form for Pikey this year. Soldier Boy is the interesting one. It's bouncing off a couple of wins after, well, looking likely for a long time. And, yeah, right down in the ratings, might find it a little bit hard for Gavin Sharrick, um in, in this grade, but ten dollars three thirty. I think Mustang Valley is the, clearly the one to beat. But after that, I just think it's wide open, and mm. I think Just Ask Me lands right in that second group of a horse that could one hundred percent cause an upset. Well, he's always carried the the top weight, and he he is always in the money and coming like he needs a a fair bit more distance. So I'm expecting him to be 
right up there if the if the if the rain has come and and we get the track that we need. So um, yeah, mate, I'm actually thinking about trying to get down there. Nice. Um, after you got to go, rain you... come. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, you got to go, mate. Like, yeah. get jump on that plane. I've had the phone call from from the Sharks, so uh, we'll see. We'll go see stay with Papa Pete. Let's stay with Papa yeah, Pete. He'll cook nice. you a nice rope pork. He'll look after you. Yeah. You have to go, Kimby. you got a genuine chance. With all that rain and knowing the 2,000 metre, because he's going to jump slow, but giving him time to you know, just find him, settle in the middle pack, and then just come home late. We know he's got a lot of pace and a lot of heart, so, mate, you got to go. Mm. There you go. Kempi's looking for a, a ride. Anyone going down to Livermore that wants to take Kempi, sober drive him, get in touch. Double eight, double three. Hugh Bowman <laughs> after this. Right, we're just trying to pin down Hugh Bowman. This is the thing about these jockeys. He'll be doing some track work this morning, straight back into his work. So he's probably riding a horse not as fast as Pungal right now, is he? Um, we'll see if we can <laughs> get him to answer his phone before the end of the show. Kempi, though, we've had some mail on the text machine for you there. Oh, how good, how good. And I've just tried to get that backed up by sending Izzy a text to talk to Papa Pete, but it said, been raining all night, Kempy, and all day today. How good. There you go. How good. There you go. Like, Kempy, you think about it, you've got a genuine chance. You've got a horse in a race in a group one in New Zealand. Like, you got to go. So you got to head there. you got to go catch up with the Sharrock brothers. you just got to go MIA for a night and just go have a bloody good old time, mate, with your mates. Oh, no, Do it, doubt, no doubt about that. No doubt about the good old time part. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Do you reckon you could roll out your private jet, Is, and fuel her up? <laughs> get out. Oh, get out, mate. The hey, New Zealand, they got good. they got good prices at the moment in New Zealand. A bit of inflation, twenty five percent. I think they have added on to them now. So twenty five. Look, more Kempe, like, more like I'm sure. I'm sure someone out there listening that's driving back to Hawkes Bay would love to hear you chew the ears off for five or six hours <laughs> heading down to Hawkes Bay while you got a couple of cold ones in hand. How good would that be, Tony Kemp, right by your side, talking Livermore? Oh, the text Group machine's ones, going off. Jam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nah. Look, it's 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 a hell of a game. It's a hell of a game. Look, boys, I'm, I'm super excited, and, and one of my uh, one of the mates is at home. He's listening and he's tuned in. He's loved to hear from Huey, but obviously Huey's he's there. Yeah, Huey, hey, don't worry, mate. We'll, they, they might, oh. they might, he might be busy riding horses, but he's busy though. Nothing's more important than re- reflecting. Nothing. On one of the, well, you can only assume it's one of the greatest wins of his career. by two lengths now. Built just brushed there within love and war. Galactic Angel on the outside, but Pungo at the 200 metres, still two lengths clear. From in love and war is sticking on Dowley, grimly holding on to second spot, but it's Pungo well clear, and the odds on favourites go to win for fun. Pungo won it by three lengths. Oh, don't you just love it, Huey, when they give you that feel, mate? Welcome into the show. Good morning, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it was a. It wasn't um, unexpected though. He ran really well first up at Rose Hill, and yeah, I was. I didn't expect him to win quite so well, but yeah, I was delighted with him. Hugh, is he here, mate? Appreciate you coming on the show. Were you a little bit concerned with the heavy track, and obviously, the scratchings wasn't uh, ideal, so you can't take too much out of the race. But the way he got through the the track. Yeah, he, he was pretty dominant. I, I actually was a bit concerned, not so much about the track, more the scratchings, because he he's a horse that probably 
be better off coming from just off the speed rather than leading like that. But especially yeah. with his inexperience, but he actually just got into a really good rhythm, which is so important for any horse at any level. And once he did that, I was very confident. He had a little bit of, you know, he got a little bit lost at the winning post. You see him sort of balk and duck out. So yeah. he's still got a bit of growing up to do. <laughs> Yeah. He's still a bit of a, he's like a young, exuberant teenager, so there's plenty of things to be there. I reckon, um, Hugh, I don't know if you've watched much rugby, but I reckon he's like a young Izzy Dag, bursts onto the scene, <laughs> rag, 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 rugby World Cup, and he's, you know, enjoying... I'm still a teenager. <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly. He's got a bit of scope about him, doesn't he? Like, obviously, Chris Wallace is a genius with these um, young cults, but... Awesome that he's still got his pieces intact. And imagine he'd just be better over ground, more ground that he comes across. Oh, I think, look, he, it was a really good starting point for him yesterday. Like, mm. The improvement he took from his first race to his second race, it's just, there's a lot of natural talent there, which is really exciting. Not mm. sure what Chris's plans are now, but there's plenty of options for him to just ask a little bit more of a question of where he might sit on the, on the pecking order. With all the good races, you know, on 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 option here in Sydney or and or in Melbourne, so I'm sure Chris will find something for him. But I, I think in six months' time, come come the autumn, you know, he's stretching it to two thousand metres. He he could seriously measure up to the better ones. Oh, beautiful! You're giving me some confidence here, uh, Huey, I, mate. Appreciate. I, I, we I love we love having you on top. <laughs> I don't want to give anyone false hope, but he is a, a really nice horse. Yeah, yeah, we we, we know the racing game. We, we're going to stay calm here. Um, but Hugh, we we love having you on board, mate. Um, but going forward for you, you got a big uh, couple of weeks ahead of you. Yeah, we do have a big couple of weeks. Unfortunately, my Cox Plate horse went miss earlier this week, but oh. that that opens up the opportunity to ride another Kiwi. Who I won on yesterday, Sharp and Smart. He'll run in the Spring Champion Stakes up here in Sydney, and yeah, I'm, I, he, he's a really exciting horse, trained by Graham and Debbie Rogerson over there. So he, nice. he's another exciting horse to keep an eye on. And yeah, looking forward to riding him. And of course, we got the the Everest this week. Lost and running. I'm really excited about his prospects too. Hey, Hugh, you're right. It's a great time to get you on. Actually, and we'll let you head off, and we're going to kick on with our days as well. But there's Kiwi connections galore, isn't there? Because sharp and smart. He lifted off the canvas yesterday and lost in running Pur and Canto, obviously. Sam Williams and the team at Little Avon, they'll yep. be listening and they're fired up for his chances. How do you beat Nature Strip? Like, what is the chink in his armour? Second up this prep, but he just seems to be on another planet. But how do you stop uh, him? I, I I think it's a classic case of not trying to beat Nature Strip. If, if I go out with that mindset, um, that's probably the first way I'll bring myself under. The reality is, if Nature Strip turns up at his pre- at his absolute best and everything, you know, and he doesn't have to work for it, well, the reality is we probably can't beat him. But it's a high pressure race, and our horse is going significantly better than he was last year when he ran fourth. Uh, he's had the perfect preparation, and I'll be riding my horse to run the best he can, and I'm sure he can run a, a personal best this Saturday. And, if he can do that and nature strip, you know, if someone else has to make him work a little bit more than he'd like to or whatever, um, we're going to be there breathing down his neck. So 
I'll let Nature Strip do Nature Strip and J-Max, you know, airborne as we all know, but horse racing's a funny game and, um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about the race. Amazing. Great I'm stuff. Back. I'm backing you, Huey. <laughs> well, I'm, hey, on, yeah, I'm on uh, team, uh, team hey, Bowman. Hey, team Bowman. Izzy, it's <laughs> your first horse. Have, do, have you, have, Hugh, have you, have you explained to Izzy what a sling is? <laughs> <laughs> no, but could you do that for me, please? Don't miss a beat. Don't miss a beat, Don't worry. We'll, we'll look after you, Huey. Well, 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 so, good, good group of owners to be riding for, mate. Hey, congratulations for yesterday and all the best for the weekend, mate. Thanks for taking the call. You're welcome. Anytime. Have there a good go. day. Yeah. Cheers. Huey Bowman, champion. He's such a legend, is he? It's so cool. Mate, have... going through his record, holy heck, when you talk about what races you want to win, he's won them all. Literally. He's won every, pretty much every group one, mate. There's a list the golf. Wow, what a champion. He knows what a good horse is. Yep, 100%. Well done, Pangol. <laughs> everyone involved, Baz, Kurt, other Baz. Izzy, the rest of them, great thrill. And uh, you got one of the, the world's best jockeys doing the piloting and exciting to chat to him there. You can tell he's genuinely excited about the horse as well. He's not just putting it on. Seven away mm. from nine. We'll catch up with the doyen, Ian Smith, after this. Right, Troy, you have won our cookbook for you and your mum. Well done, mate. Reed says Huey Bowman, what a bloke. And Dave says Kempy, I'll take you down to Topor in the truck. Comfy seat, bed and fridge holds eight. Then I'll get one of the brothers to get you to Turks for breakfast with Smithy Saturday morning. Is that holds eight people or holds eight beers? <laughs> <laughs> need more than eight beers for you, Kempi. Uh, Smithy, is is it still raining? Yep, I've just been out and about, actually, to be honest, out and uh, driving around the village, and it is uh, steady rain. It's been raining since about uh, midday yesterday, and uh, to be ooh, perfectly ooh, honest, ooh. I don't see it stopping either. It is dark, it is desolate, lights on in people's cars. This is supposed to be springs, you know, on the way to summer. It's anything but... It's not cold. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give you that. It's not cold outside, but it is desolate. <laughs> desolate. Well, Kempi's happy. Love the rain. Kempi's happy about it because his horse loves the rain. <laughs> loves the muddy slop. How good is that? Uh, what do you got today, Smithy? Just quickly. Uh, Campbell Burns on some rugby. Michael Glading on uh, New Zealand golf. Stephen Alka coming home to play in the Open. Yes. Uh, How good <clears> is that? I don't know if you're playing in it, is he? Mark Watson and James Regan on the panel. Uh, Greg Murphy, you know Murph, remember Murph? Uh, we'll speak yes. of him after 11 o'clock as well, so we've got quite a busy morning. Nice, Michael Gladdy. No, I haven't received the email yet, but hoping to get there shortly there, Smithy. So, yep, I'll be playing in it. Stephen Alka, how good? Have a good day, mate. Cheers, everyone. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.